Wow, it's such an honor to be here with this church today and with Pastor Mark and Angel. How incredible. You guys are super blessed. Super, super blessed. The moment I met Angel this morning and we started to, <laughs> we started to talk, I felt like I had, we had such kindred spirits. So I have to tell you, you being a part of this body, this is something special. And, I, and, and, and it is an honor to be part of a, a movement that is in tune with what the Lord is saying and what God is doing. But it also means that a greater responsibility lays upon each and every one of you to hear what God is saying and to be obedient to that word. Um, like she said, my name is Deborah Ann. My son and I are part of a team of revivalists and missionaries to America. Just like Angel said, America was founded on Jesus. When you look to the foundation of where America was based, it was because people were tired of being oppressed and they wanted the freedom to operate in the spirit and to know God freely. So they gave up everything to come to this new land where they believed they would come and they would have religious freedom. And when they got here, let me tell you, revival took place in the United States of America. That's why this nation was founded on God. When you look at our dollar bills, that's where it started. It started with religious freedom. But unfortunately, the Church of America has gotten cold. We've gotten complacent. We forgot our mission. We forgot why we were here to begin with. So I believe that God is raising up the church. He is awakening us and he's giving us an opportunity to repent, an opportunity to get back to what he's called us to before the time is too late. You see, we are the greatest nation in the world. I can, I can say that. I've been to many nations across this world and the United States of America still sends more missionaries than any other country in the world. The United States of America still sends more money to take care of the lost, the needy, and the poor than any other nation. But yet there's so much more we should be doing. So today I'm here to just encourage you all to be awakened to the power that lives inside of you. And I have been blessed to be able to do this with my son, Josiah Queen. When he was in my belly, he's my oldest, um, I was dri driving down a highway and I was a first time mom and I heard the voice of God and it said to me, I was listening to the music and I was singing super, super loud and it wasn't bad music, but it wasn't worship music. And as I was listening to it and I was singing it, I heard the voice of God say, turn off that music because the child inside of you was going to be really special. And I didn't know exactly what it meant, but I knew that it had to do with music. I knew that I had to be very cautious about the music that I was putting into him. So I came home from um, going out and I told my husband, oh my gosh, I heard from God today. I'm like, he said, we can never listen to anything but worship again, ever and my husband's looking at me like, are you okay? I'm like, no, seriously. And I honestly thought maybe this happens to all moms, like when you have a baby, because I've never had this experience with my first child. But from that moment on, I marked him. I knew that every word that he heard, every sermon, everything that was on the television was going into him. So I was very, very cautious. 
And I didn't know that at eight years old, he was going to go away, get filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come home and start playing music and singing to the Lord. And since then, my son has uh, his greatest desire is to write music that we worship to. And so today, if you saw me taking videos and you saw me taking pictures during that, I can't tell you what that does to a mama when I remember him saying, but mom, all I really want is I want, I can just see people, uh, I can see believers crying out to the Lord and singing and walking into the glory of God through a song that God gave me. So when I see it happening right before my eyes, you know, it, it does something inside of mama's heart. So today I get to share the word with you. You can go out and get your Bibles out and go to John chapter 11. And today I'm going to share with you about how to live awakened. How do you live that way? You see, I was raised in church. My first word was Jesus. And my mom, my mom and dad, they love Jesus. Ed, I'm a, I am a Jesus girl. I love Jesus. I love saying his name. I know there's power in his name. I say his name all the time. I'm a Jesus girl. But when you're raised in church, you can get complacent. You can get to a place where you're just going through the motions. You're just doing the next thing and then you're doing the next thing. And you know, it can get really tiring and worn out. I remember when my little, my, my kids are four and now they're all teenagers. And I remember when my youngest was young, I was working full time. I was in ministry all the time. And I was in my office one day and I was so overwhelmed with just life, you know, trying to please everyone, which you can't, you know, wanting everyone to like you, but they don't, you know, and, and trying to do it all and, and holding all these plates at once, trying to keep them all going knowing that Jesus is the source, but trying to do it on my own. I was in my office and I cried out to the Lord. I fell to my knees and I said, that's it. I'm done. I cannot do this anymore. I am finished. I am done. And I remember, I remember thinking, okay, that's it. Maybe this just isn't for me. This whole ministry, having all these, like, it's just not going to work. And I heard God's voice say, are you really finished? And I was like, well, I thought I was, am I? And I'm like, no, I'm done. I'm done. And he said, good. And he said, now I can do what I want to do in your life. You see, church is not supposed to be that hard. But as we surrender, as we allow ourselves to be awakened to what this is all about to begin with, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be exciting. It's supposed to be filled with the supernatural church. All right, let's go to John chapter 11. I'm going to start reading. This is the story of Lazarus. I love this story. Um, I'm going to kind of fill you into where we're at in it. So Jesus gets word from Mary and Martha that his friend Lazarus is dead or very, very sick. And when Jesus gets the word... The Bible says that he waited two more days. And I've thought about this before. I thought, why did he wait two more days? Like, if I found out that my loved ones were going, why would I wait two more days? Because Jesus has a mission. He's not on our timetable, and he's not worried. So that's a word for somebody in this room. You are suffering with so much worry and so much concern. What's going to happen now? What's going to happen next? And I want you to know that when you receive Jesus, you do not have to worry anymore. Because he is not concerned. You see, he has it all under control if you surrender to his will. So then he told his disciples, okay, it's time to go. And the disciples said, but Jesus, do you remember the last time you went there? 
Do you remember? They wanted to stone you to death and you want to go back? And the word for you today is how many of those people in your life, the people closest to you, sometimes those are the very people that keep you from living a life awakened. It's time, church, that we look at the people that are right next to us. Who are those people? Are they, are they encouraging you to live a life of faith, to trust God? Are they the ones that are coming alongside of you and saying, yeah, but do you really want to do that? Because don't you remember last time you gave that check? You remember like, you remember like six months ago, you could barely pay your bills and now you want to start tithing? You remember like last time this or that happened, they try to create this doubt in your mind, but Jesus, Jesus wasn't concerned. He didn't allow fear of death or anything else to keep him from going to where he knew he needed to be. So when we're going to start in verse nine and Jesus answered them and he says, are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Our friend Lazarus is asleep, but I go that I will wake him up. Church, the Holy Spirit was given to us so that we don't have to walk in the dark. You see, you're right. The nation is going the wrong direction. The nation is in its darkest hour. But in the midst of the suffering, the pain, the darkness, the sin, the craziness that's being taught to our children, we don't have to be afraid because we may be in the dark, but we are not of the dark. The Spirit of God lives within us that lights us. We don't even have to stumble. We don't have to live oppressed, depressed. We don't. Because Jesus says, I am the light, and that light lives within you, brothers and sisters. You are filled with his light if you have accepted the Holy Spirit into your life. So allow him to light your way. The Holy Spirit was given to you and to me so that we would live awakened. And I'm so thankful that when I walked in this church today, I've probably heard the Holy Spirit's name 50 times. Praise God. Because he is a person. And he is to be recognized. The Holy Spirit is in the house right now. The Holy Spirit is operating. He's speaking. He's moving. But we have to allow him to awaken our hearts. You see, Jesus said that we would need that helper. He told the disciples in Acts, don't go anywhere until he comes. Jesus never even operated in ministry until he was baptized. And it says a form like a spirit of God came upon him, the Holy Spirit. From that point on, he started to do the work of the ministry. We are called to operate through the power of the Holy Spirit. But are you doing it? Is there evidence in your life, in my life, that the Holy Spirit is operating? Smith Wigglesworth, one of the crazy evangelists that I love to read about, he said, God dwells in you, but you cannot have this divine power until you live and walk in the Holy Spirit. Until the power of that new life is greater than your old life. When you receive Jesus Christ, that Holy Spirit comes in and you, sh- you are not the same man or woman. You are completely different. So why do we live like we are? Where's our joy and our peace? 
The Holy Spirit came to awaken us. Jesus went to Lazarus to awaken him. Such a representative of us. His love for Lazarus over and over and over. In John chapter 11, you will hear the people say that Jesus loved him. Oh, how he loved him. Oh, oh, how he loves you. He loves you so much that he gave you his spirit. You don't have to do it on your own. If you're struggling with an addiction right now, I have seen the Lord completely break addiction. I have seen him do it instantly. I have seen God tear those things off a man or a woman. I have a woman in my ministry right now who is preaching the gospel with so much power and fire. And three years ago, she had spent 12 years of her life behind bars. I have been in church my whole life and I'm going to, I can't let this girl out preach me. But why? Because she knows that her source is that Holy Spirit. She knows that when she gets up in the morning, she could fall at any moment. Why don't we live that way? In Romans, it says that we should live led by the Holy Spirit church. Jesus was led when we wake up, we just get up and we put on our shoes and we go on with our day because we're so used to, do you ever get to work and you don't know how you got there? You just get there. That's how we live. But we're not called to live that way, church. We're called to live awakened to the Holy Spirit, recognizing every single place he takes you, every place your feet goes. He has a purpose and a plan for that moment at that day, at that time. He has awakened your spirit. You see, Jesus' love, it awakens us. The men and the women that I minister to all the time, when they know the love of Jesus, that's what changes their lives. It's the love of God that transforms us. It's the love of God that changes us. Let's continue to read. Then in... Uh, Okay, let's go to um, John eleven twenty one. And Martha said, Lord, if you would have just been here, my brother would not have died. You see, Mary and Martha knew that Jesus meant life. They knew that where Jesus was, the dead things would be gone. They knew that Jesus was the source of life. They knew it. So they said, but Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother, he would not have died. And how does Jesus respond to them? Jesus says in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever believes in me shall never die. Do you believe, Martha? Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who comes into the world. We have the resurrection and the life living inside of us. We have the blood of Jesus operating through our veins, but yet we live as if we don't. Church, it's time that we start operating I hear people say, well, I don't feel it. My son, every blue moon, Josiah will go through one of these little artistic people. A little bit of this. 
And he'll come to me. Just recently he did. And he said, Mom, I just don't get it. I don't feel it. I don't feel nothing. I don't get nothing. I don't feel nothing. I said, when was the last time you went and loved on someone that you didn't know? When was the last time you went out and you shared him with someone that you can't get anything back from? You see, we were created to be awakened for a purpose. It's like a wasted life if God gives us his spirit and we do nothing with it. You will never see it. It lives there wasting and and molded and, and doing nothing. But that's not what we were made for. You see, the Holy Spirit awakens us to do something with it. So you know what he did? He went to McDonald's with his brother. They got a whole bag of cheeseburgers. And they went to the park. And let me tell you, he came home an hour later on cloud nine. Ain't nothing quite like leading people to Jesus and talking about God. All of a sudden, he's up in his room writing songs and singing and doing great. Do you know what the solution is for anxiety and depression? Jesus, we got to get out of us. Do you think the enemy comes looking like a scary demon? No, because that would send us to God. We saw that. We'd be like, "Uh uh-huh, I want you, Jesus. But he comes to make you look at yourself. If he could keep us busy enough, thinking we're too busy, we we got too much on our plate, we got too much going on, they're not going to listen to me. Oh, I'm afraid of what they might say. If he could keep us there, he's okay with us being saved because we're not impacting anyone else. We're living as if we're dead. You see, he gives up on you once you become a Christian in that way because he knows it's fine. Just leave them. Just let them. Don't make a mess, you know. But Jesus called us so that we would be awakened to make dead things come alive. When was the last time that you saw something dead come to life? I was in an unreached people group in Africa three months ago, and uh, that's kind of what we do. We go across the United States to churches. Honestly, it's the hardest. It is by far the hardest. But then I got an opportunity to go to Africa. We don't just go to Africa, and there's nothing wrong with this. We don't just go on missionary trips. What we do is we search out unreached people groups because the Bible says that until every nation and tongue hears the gospel. So we're always looking for a a group that we've heard that's never heard the gospel. And then we we team up with other Africans, and then we try to go to these tribal areas. And uh, the last tribal place I went to with my friend, we were backpacking. We had no luggage. Our luggage got left. I spent three weeks in Africa with the clothes on my back. I legitimately lived a life where it says, bring nothing with you. But the clothes on your back, I was like, Jesus, really? Well, you said you wanted to go. Okay. No baggage, just me. But at the last Unreached People Group, I was really afraid, a little bit. We woke up, and it looked like it was not going to be a very safe place. And I woke up, and I started to cry out to the Lord. And I was like, Lord, if this is it, if I'm not coming home, I just need to know. It's okay. I'm going to go anyways. And then he gave me Isaiah 52, verse 7. It says, how beautiful. Upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings the good news, who proclaims peace, who brings good tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The Lord said, how beautiful are your feet. You don't worry about it. I've got you. And do you know at that moment, I didn't care if I came back home. I really didn't. 
because I knew that I was doing what the gospel has called us to do. But everywhere you go in Africa, you wake up in the morning, you say, God, lead my steps. Because you just don't know. When I was in Nigeria, it was the same way. We had an armed guard by our door. But the truth was, I didn't even know if if I could trust the armed guard by my door. You have bullets going out all night long. We could hear bullets outside of Nigeria where we were at going back and forth. My husband, if he had any clue where he was sending me, I would have never had permission to do that. But I woke up every day feeling that way. And do you know what a burden it is to come home and realize that I can so easily just get up and do my day? Go to the store, go out to eat. (laughs) And no, I'm going to move this because I moved too much get up and move around and not even love the people that are next to me. But when I'm in a country that I'm afraid I might die, all of a sudden I live in the spirit. And that's why you go to Africa and you go to those places and you see signs and wonders and you see God moving because people know without faith, they are going to die. Church, our churches are dying and we are totally blinded to it. The Holy Spirit was given to us so that we would be awakened, so that we would be awakened and we would go and we would share the gospel everywhere we go. Just yesterday, they went out to the streets. Um, Here, they did like a little evangelism training. I I encourage you, next year, I believe we're going to be back. Oh, come. We will give you plenty of notice. Mark it on your calendar. We're going to train you. We're going to go out and hit your neighborhoods. I cannot believe how ripe and ready your area is. Within 45 minutes, they had seven salvations, I think. Seven. Sal- in 45 minutes? Judy, where's Judy? You, you led someone to the Lord yesterday. You led someone to the Lord at the door. All fumbling on your words, not really sure, but did she receive? God is moving. My son led two people to the Lord. Will you just share real quick about one of them? Because I just think your story is hilarious. He was praying that he wouldn't have to be the lead yesterday. He was like, man, am I going to have to be the one to talk? Go ahead, share. Yeah. Hello. Okay. Um, which one should I talk about? Funny. I mean, the first, where is Ian? Well, first talk okay, about, yeah. yeah, tell him a little bit about the first three doors you went yeah, to. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Me and Ian, we, we went to like three or four different doors. And we knocked on every single one. We got rejected. Or the, literally the door slammed on our face. And Ian, he looks at me. He's like, why does Miss Angie always get all the good doors? Looking over at Miss Angie. And then they're all like, everybody she talks to, everybody's like crying. And they're praying for them. And we're getting the door slammed on our face. And I'm like, man, he's right. We need to get some good doors. So we walked to another door. And um, I op- well, one of them, I opened the door. And, and I look. And I see the TV has a big hole in the TV from a punch like a fist side and then like there's just like it was just dirty there was like yeah you can say it it's okay there was like an LED statue of like a weed plant on the thing and you know we just opened I'm like okay well this is gonna be and I'm like well we're going around to like our communities and we're just praying asking people what they need prayer for and he's like you know I'm just a he's like yeah I need prayer I'm a I'm a sinner and I know that I'm messed up my whole life and I just need God to forgive me and I need to have a relationship. I was like, okay, that was easy. <laughs> so I let him write this and I was... He literally led him to the Lord just like that. The harvest is ripe and ready, but church, we're doing nothing about it. All he did was knock on a door and the guy was available and says, I know I need a savior and his name is Jesus. And, G- and Josiah was able to lead him to the Lord just like that. How many people have been right in front of you in the grocery store? 
at your workplace and you haven't even given them the opportunity to receive the Savior. And then we wonder why we don't encounter the glory and the presence of God in our lives. Share your second one, Josiah. Come on, one more. The second one? That one was the funny one. Me and Ian were going to knock. We, we knocked on the door, and he likes to knock, so he knocked. And all of a sudden, and he likes to talk about the chili cook-off, yeah, I've been to told. The chili cook-off That's his part. Yeah. Um, wait, so, okay, yeah, so he, we knocked him. What did he say? He was like, yo. Yeah, he was like, yo. And we're like, what? We look up, and he opens the window on the second floor and just pokes his head out and starts talking to us. And he's like, I'll just come downstairs. So he came downstairs, and I talked to him. And one of the things, one of the questions we ask is like, I, I like it a lot. It's like, if you were to die today and stand before God, what would you say, like, for you to get into heaven? And, you know, because he knew all about God. He's like, I grew up in church, and he knew, you know, he, he said he knew about God, his life. And he asked us to pray. I was like, what do you need us to pray for? He's like, oh, you know, this world's just a really evil place. And there's, like, a lot of bad people. And I'm like, yeah. And I just started telling him how, like, God, Jesus is coming back. And because of that, these end times are really hard. And I'm like, well, when he comes, he's going to come back for, like, the sa- his, his people and, you know, if you were to die today, you know, I said, that, and what would you it's say? If you were to die today, that's why I said, mm-hmm. and stand before Jesus, and he said, why should I let you in the heaven, you know, then what would you say? He's like, man, I don't really know. That's a hard question. I've never even thought about that. And I'm like, I could tell you what the only way you could get in, and it's that if you, um, if you believe in Jesus and that you understand the fact that you have sinned and you've fallen short, that if you accept Jesus as your savior, and I went through all the steps with him, and he's like, I was like, do you want that? And we, we prayed for him. We put our hand on his shoulder, and we prayed for him. And, and he received Christ. Yep. That simple. Yep. Yeah, can we, can we give glory to the Lord? <laughs> and then it says in verse 33, therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, And the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit and he was troubled. And he said, where have you laid Lazarus? And then he said, Lord, come and see. And then in verse 35, it says that Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how much he loves him. Christ, our... Christ came so that we could encounter him and so that that we, we could share that love with people around us. Jesus loves He loves you. He loves you right where you're at. And this world is hurting and broken. The prostitutes that are on the street, do you think they want to be out out there on the streets? Do you know what it takes? I have one right now that I'm ministering to who just quit dancing. And do you know the brokenness it takes to put yourself in that place? And then to know that there is a savior, that while you're doing that, He already loves you and came to die for you. They just need to know that they are loved by God. And we sit around and we just take it in for ourselves. We go on with our lives and our busy schedules, but we were created for so much more than that. The time is now, church. Wherever you're at at your workplace, That person was purposely put there so that you could share the love of Jesus with him. Jesus wept over Lazarus. He loved him. His heart was moved. His heart was moved so much that he left glory and he came here and he lived a perfect life 
He did nothing wrong, but yet he took the penalty of every sin we will ever commit so that we could be one with him because he loves us. But then he said, greater things you guys will do when I leave. Jesus? Greater? How? Because the power of him who raised Christ from the dead lives in us. How much more we can do as the body of Christ if we would rise up, if we would be awakened, and we would see that God is operating and wants to use you and me. I don't care who you are and what your giftings are. Every single one of us are called to share the message of his love with people around us, every one of you. 2 Timothy 4, 5 says that we are called to do the work of an evangelist. Once the Holy Spirit comes in us, we have a responsibility. We got to be intentional. When was the last time you went out? When was the last time you decided, you know what? I'm just going to go knock on doors for an hour. I'm just going to go to the park for an hour and share Christ with anyone I see. Do you know how many hours are in a week? And most of the time, we can't even make time to spend time with the Lord and pray. We have to do it on our way to work. It's time, church, that we wake up and we realize that we have a call and a purpose. And, and John eleven thirty nine. Then Jesus said, groaning within himself, come to the tomb. It, it was a cave and a stone laid against it. And Jesus said, take away that stone. Then Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for four days. I don't know what kind of stench you got in your life. The Lord's not worried about our stench. And we got to stop worrying about everybody else's. We got to stop worrying about it. A few months ago after I got done sharing, I had a, the pastor came up and he was just weeping. And he said, just last week I was at Walmart. And the Lord highlighted this woman out by the street and told me to come witness to her. But do you know, I didn't do it. And you know why? Because I was so worried. Live in a little town, what people would think. I was so worried that people would think, oh, maybe I was trying to hit on her or something. Maybe I was, all these thoughts was going through my mind. And now I know it was the enemy just trying to lie to me and deceive me so that I would not do. And then I get up on a Sunday morning and I share the gospel. It's time that we realize that the power of God, if you are in this room and he lives in you, he's there for a purpose. It's to awaken you to the love he has for you so that you can share it with those around you. And it's so that you can have an encounter with him every day. I love that Jesus cried out to the Lord. It says in verse 40, Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes to heaven. And he said, father, I thank you that you hear me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing here uh, by what I said, I pray that they would see that you have sent me. Jesus, the son of God, understood the power and the purpose of prayer. Church, we got to get back to praying. We have got to get serious about crying out to the Lord. The first thing the Lord did to me when he sent me on a journey of getting my life together and I'm telling you, I was a Christian. Was he put me to my knees? Every great move of God can be traced back to a kneeling figure. It's all about prayer. 
I get more done now than I've ever done. I work full-time jobs. I do ministry. I travel the world. I have four teenagers who love Jesus. If that's not a testimony. Why? How? And a happy marriage. Love my husband very, very much. Because prayer is my source. I can't do anything. Only through prayer, only from encountering the lover, only from lifting up our voices. And you know what? We don't have a lot of time, but I am going to share the testimony. Can I share your testimony, Judy? Okay. She came to me Friday night, and she was so excited about us being here. And she says, I've been crying out to the Lord. She's a prayer warrior. I've been crying out to the Lord for revival to hit our youth here in this area. And I've been, it's been keeping me up at night, and I've been praying. And she says, I was studying about this King Josiah. And I was studying about how his grandfather and his father were evil and they created all these idols. But Josiah, when he became king, he smashed all the idols. He refused to serve any other God but Jesus. And I've been crying out for the spirit of like a Josiah's to rise up in our youth. And when I heard that Awake America 365 was coming, I went to the website. She said, and I saw your son's name and it was Josiah. I said, Judy, God, your prayers is what brought us here. Do you understand that's how powerful prayer is? One woman's cry was for you guys because there is so much work to be done outside of these walls. This church is something special. This place is either going to have to expand or have four or five services. I'm telling you what, this place knows what it's all about. You are so blessed by your pastor and, and his wife. You're so blessed by the worship. You guys got the best of the best, but with that comes a responsibility. And it's time, church. It's time we get busy. I'm going to close out in verse 41. I'm sorry. We're going to go down to verse 44. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had been dead came out bound, hands and foot, with grave clothes on. And his face was wrapped with cloth. He didn't leave him that way. Jesus said to him, loosen him and let him go. You see, church... Many, many of us, many of us have been awakened. The Lord has taken us from death to life. But we're walking around like this. We're not being led by the Spirit. We're doing what we want to do and we're constantly hitting the wall. And we're wondering why. We can barely get move our legs very far so we're not even accomplishing the call and the purpose for our lives. We're alive. But we're living as if we're dead. And I believe the word for you today is it's time. It's time for all of you, for me included. It's time for us to find whatever that grave cloth is. Maybe it's your eyes. Maybe it's the things you're hearing. Maybe it's your broken heart that you need to give it to God. Maybe it's your past. Maybe it was your childhood. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's fear that's got you crippled. The time is now, and I believe the Spirit of God is in this room, and there's breakthrough here. Can everyone bow your head just for a second? If, 
cannot leave without asking if there's anyone in this room right now. Maybe you've been coming, but you've never actually surrendered your life to Jesus. You, when the question comes, if I were to die today and you were standing before God and he would say, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? Would you say it was because you surrendered your heart and your life to Jesus? Because if that is not your response, then today is your day. Just want to give you a second. If there's anyone in this room that say, you know what? I haven't actually surrendered my life and I want to. Today is my day. Will you raise your hand? I'm just going to pray with you. I'm not, we're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to call you out, but I do want to pray with you. If there's anyone in this room, anyone at all that say, you know what? I haven't surrendered my life to Jesus, but I want to. Anyone at all, anyone at all. Okay. Will you guys look at me now? I have to do that because you never know. I always have to know. I believe that you guys are really special and it's such an honor that I got to be here with you today but I believe this is a message from the Lord and when the Lord speaks it's just so important that we respond to it are you ready to live as if you're alive in Christ are you ready to loosen those things and start operating the Spirit of God do you know signs and wonders follow those who believe the reason why you're not seeing dead things come to life, the reason why you're not seeing the sick healed is because you're not putting yourself in a position to see signs and wonders. I see it all the time. Two weeks ago, there was a woman couldn't lift her arm. Could not lift it for years, she said. We prayed, and do you know that arm went up in the air just like that? The whole service, she stood with her arm up because she had not been able to lift that arm for years. We serve a supernatural God who's given us supernatural powers, but church, we must be awakened and start using them. I would like to pray with you. If you're in this room today, I don't know sir right there I'm sorry you have your yes you with the plot as I was sharing the Lord was just really moving in your heart I saw it was it was stronger than anything I've seen in a while can you testify that that's true something's happening in you right now can you stand up I don't want can you lift your hands in the air something's been hindering you I don't know what it is Sometimes the Lord reveals it and sometimes he doesn't to me. But I believe it's time. I think that that message today was for you, for many of us in this room. But I feel like it's time that you start stepping out. You got to start stepping out. You've been too worried, too bogged down with everything else. And the Lord says, I see it and it's time. It's time you loosen those things and you all walk in the freedom that I've called you to. I've called you to more. You are not living into the purpose that you've been called to. For so long, you have waited and waited, but the time is now that you start walking in. Can you testify that speaks right to your heart? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And you're not going back. You? What's your name? Yeah. You're not. Can you stand up? <laughs> you have something really special. The Lord wants to say to you, whatever you do, don't get your eyes off of me. 
Don't get your eyes off of me. There's a lot of great people the Lord's placed in your life, a lot of great people. But the Lord says, don't get your eyes off of me. Because what I have for you is bigger than anything you could ever imagine or see. Don't get your eyes off of me. Keep your eyes on me. You know what? You remind me of the woman at the well. I don't know if you know this story. But when she encountered Jesus, the Bible says she went back to the city that she came from. And the Lord is going to bring you back to the city that you came from. And it doesn't matter that you don't know all the scriptures. It doesn't matter that you don't know it all because the Lord will start to teach you. But when you share your testimony of what God has done inside of you, the whole city will be saved. Can you lift your hands up? Fire of God consuming fire consuming fire consuming fire if you're in this room today and you want to be awakened i want to pray with you will you just stand your feet and come to the front i'm going to cry out we're going to just i is going to continue to play for a few minutes angel if you want to come up and pray with me or any of the pastors but i want to cry out for all of you come out to the front Josiah's going to go ahead and start leading that song and we're just going to start crying out and praying.
Thank you for listening to this message from Dubois Light and Life Church. We hope you're blessed by it. To hear more messages or get more information about Light and Life Church, please visit DuboisFMC.org or check us out on Facebook.